Hey, welcome to a Stonewall's Perspective podcast. In this podcast, Alex gives his perspective on what is going on in the world. It is his mission to bring the light of the gospel into every aspect of life. We hope you enjoy. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of a Stonewall's Perspective podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Stone. We are on a mission to spread the light of the gospel into every aspect of life. As of recording, it is Tuesday, June 7th, and the leadership principle of the day is being fit, being thankful daily for blessings, favor, and opportunity ensures that your attitude is always right. Griping over failures and blaming other people obscures your vision. You cannot see new opportunities looking back. Forget the past and move forward. Look for what lies ahead. Look for what the future has for you. Look for what God has for you and your future and what his will is for your life. In this episode, we have another very special guest with us today. He is a friend of mine. I've known him since September of 2021. I met him at the Reawaken America tour. He is an author and he is the uh, founder of Safari Mission. Please welcome my friend Vidar Lagarde. How are you doing today? Hey, thank you, Alex. Thank you. Yes, uh, great to be here with you. And uh, I'm doing phenomenal, doing really that good. Is, that is great to hear. I'm super happy to have you on. We've we've been talking a, a while about having you on my show, and, and I'm just glad to be able to uh, be able to have you on and, and talk about uh, Safari Mission and what you're doing with that. But before we get into that, could you just tell us about your upbringing, uh, growing up in in Norway, and and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure. I'd be be happy to do that. I think I think I need to show you where where I grew up. I grew up here. <laughs> uh, my dad's name is Thor. Uh, grew up in Norway, uh, Viking country, and uh, you know, grew up with the stories. Um, came to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was fifteen years old. Um, of course, Europe is 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 a socialist upbringing. I knew there was something better. And then uh, growing up, I heard about so many of the ministries in Tulsa and that I decided to finish up high school in Tulsa and, and continue to Oral Roberts University and Rayma Bible Training College. Got my training there. And then 2006, we headed over to Kenya and we started Safari Mission. And we have been training leaders and helping, helping people get transformed and helping society be transformed there for a good number of years now. Mm, that's amazing. And, you, and so you started Safari in 2006, and your mission is to train and, and lead uh, missionaries and leaders uh, from Kenya, correct? Yes, uh, we are now uh, East Africa, Kenya, uh, Uganda, uh, Congo as well. Um, everything we do centers around leadership training. Uh, a lot of ministers that are being trained, uh, business leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, government officials, and it's all training on uh, Judeo-Christian mindset, if you will. Uh, when, when we get to understand who God is, that he is for us, he is in us, he is with us, helping people to understand that and then having them go in and help to transform whatever sphere of society that they are involved in. That, that's what we do over in East Africa. Well, that's amazing. And that, that actually aligns very, very closely with the mission of my podcast to spread the light of the gospel into every aspect of life. And that should be the mission of every Christian, uh, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter where you're from. The, the mission 
that we have as Christians is to go share the gospel and go teach Judeo-Christian values and, and help create life change in people through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so can you just talk about how, like really just how you started it and how it's gotten to where uh, Safari Mission has come to today? Yeah, so I've always known that I wanted to do uh, missions work in Africa. Uh, first time in Kenya was in 1999, so 23 years ago. Uh, just observing the conditions, um, you know, you see ritzy places and you see slum areas as well. Some of those areas were very hard to see, um, emotional and all of this. And, you know, Western thinking, you go, okay, we need we need outreaches, we need uh, institutions, we need orphanages, we need medical clinics and and, and all of these things. But Taking a step back and kind of analyzing what's going on and what we really need. Um, and of course, knowing uh, the history of Norway, where I come from, uh, it used to be the poorest place in Europe as well. But then as people started to understand uh, Christ in them, having a relationship with God, um, you know, when you get corruption out of the heart and replace that corruption with Christ, then you also deal with corruption in society that way. Uh, society is made up of individual people, right? Um, and so we, we've approached it from that direction instead. Um, and training leaders, um, there's a leadership crisis, both in the Western world as well as there is in, in many other countries. But we realized that if you can train leaders on how to become productive and have these leaders then impact um, the communities that they are in, uh, we have found that method to be very, very effective. Uh, so there are so many communities that have really, really changed, transformed. Um, and it's just a real big joy to see the local Africans building their own communities from within instead of missionaries going in and building the institutions for them. Mm, that's really good. And, you know, I was actually just sharing your website uh, for my, for my mm -hmm. viewers and, and at the very bottom of your website, safarimission.org, it's, it's talking about how are the graduates affecting their communities. And so there, there are some quotes from, from four of the graduates and, and well, three of the graduates right. and an administrator. And it says uh, from Anne Mudivo, I have heard testimonies from the graduates that in their localities, they are a voice. They are consulted even by the authorities. Uh, Pastor Justice Kaloki, if I can, if that's the way to pronounce it, it says the people were really poor. Uh, the people really were poor. They could not even give tithe. They could not give offering. But since we began teaching them about uh, prosperity and the principles of the word of God and showed them the way they should invest right now, that right now, uh, those who obeyed the word and have taken their position right now, there is a great change. And I still continue to teach and this teachings are empowering the people. So, so you're teaching people just about life principles that we can learn from scripture, from the book of Proverbs. You talk about it in your book, a fork in the road, um, yeah. really just principles that we can um, add to our life that we see in the word of God that uh that really will help us be successful uh when 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 uh we come to things such as business and and uh 
and just life in general? Lots and lots of principles. Um, one of those principles from, from Proverbs chapter six, uh, be like the ant who, who doesn't have a ruler. Um, but even then in times of uh, summer, we'll gather up for the winter. Uh, the ant will do that even without a ruler. And we use that as a principle of being self-motivated and self-driven. And instead of you know, well, my parents didn't give me the right thing, or, you know, I grew up in the slum or in the poor area, or, you know, the educational system is not what it should be, or our government leaders, you know, so many people, you know, yeah, you can, you can give blame or you can give reasons for why we are in the condition where we are. But the truth is that it almost doesn't matter what kind of condition somebody is in, there are mindsets, there are principles that if we think, start talking in line with those, start acting in line with those, anybody can come out of the holes that they are in. And a lot of times that starts with being like the ant. It starts with looking at the person in the mirror. And instead of saying, I wish my parents would have given me something different. I wish the government would have done something different. Why don't I become the one who does something different? Um, every medical doctor, you know, medical doctor tend to have a certain set of life circumstances. Well, those life circumstances did not happen by chance. Even if you're somebody like um, Dr. Ben Carson, who grew up in less fortunate circumstances, it is still possible to do something to grow your own habits in such a way that you become somebody different from the environment that you grew up in. But those medical doctors, they decided, you know what, I'm going to take a season of my life and I'm going to transform my thinking habits. And that willingness to do that is what have put them in the place where they are today. And so we say, it doesn't matter where you are. There are certain thinking habits that if you will embrace those, you can come out of whatever situation you're in. Well, certainly, right. It's 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 a it's a mindset issue, and, and a mindset of poverty will bring poverty. But something that we need to do is, is be able to learn how to steward our money, steward our time well, and and bring glory to God when we do that. Some we shouldn't chase money. That shouldn't be our goal. Our our goal should be the kingdom of God and the gospel. But we should manage our money well, and we should manage our time well also you know i mean you, you hit it spot on one of the great examples that that we have uh that i'm good friends with and i and i've talked with uh many times on this podcast is clay clark uh you know i mean he started out poor uh his dad was poor his family was poor he didn't really have much growing up and he basically said to himself okay i don't want to be poor anymore and so he worked hard enough and now he's an author of many books. I'm reading one of his books right now, Start Here uh, by Clay Clark with Jonathan Kelly. Yep. And it just gives tips on, on entrepreneurship and, and business and how to, you know, get yourself out of a hole that you're, that you're in financially. I mean, another, there, there are multiple examples of people who put their mind to something um, and, and really got it done because they didn't have a mindset like, oh, I, I guess I'm poor. I can't do anything about this. He yeah. actually do something about it. 
Right. Yeah. So then, you know, the couple of quotes you read from the website from, from safarimission.org there, uh, one is from Justice Koloki. So uh, he's in a very poor community there in Kenya, or it was known to be a very poor community. It really has transformed since he started pastoring that place. Um, he only had enough finances to start renting half of a mud hut. That's where he started his church. And he would work the graveyard shift as a security officer. He would come to our school during the day. He would preach in the evening, go back to work. And I'm wondering how on earth do you do this? This is amazing work ethic. Went out to see his place and, and, and my mind just goes, man, we need all these institutions here. And, you know, children that don't have shoes, don't have much clothes or anything running around. And, uh, but you fast forward after he went through the training that we provide um, six, seven years or so. Um, his church members are building a church. And today, I think they poured about $20,000 into that church. When I saw it, it was about $10,000 that they had put into their facilities. And the church members had given the pastor a car, uh, $15,000. And you go, well, how did that happen? And uh, Pastor Koloki goes, well, we took the principles that we learn in school, uh, work ethics, uh, giving and receiving, the, the spiritual side of handling money, uh, we took the natural stewardship principles of saving and, and investing and and, um, and ethics, just how to live right. We took those things and we taught the people, taught them about having faith in God. And he said, when I started the church, everybody I had, they were all unemployable. And I think it's funny kind of how he says it. He didn't say they're unemployed. They were unemployable, which sometimes tend to be the case. Uh, he said, but they became employable. Uh, they started finding jobs. The ones that did find jobs, they were doing so well, they got promoted very quickly. The ones who couldn't find jobs, they just started businesses and the businesses started doing well. And he says, I've got a problem today when I need a volunteer and I need something in the church to get done. And I need a volunteer. I can't find anybody because everybody I got in my church, they're all busy doing something all day long. Uh, phenomenal testimony. Um, that church started the primary school. Uh, all kinds of businesses have been started from this particular church. Uh, and there's a big transformation in that particular community. So just great, great stories. Um, Anne Modiwa, our, our administrator, says, yeah, in, in the particular area she's referring to, we've trained up, I don't know, probably 40 of the pastors in that particular community. And they become pillars, uh, great pillars. And, and it's right. And the, the chiefs and the various ones in government oftentimes will come to our pastors and ask for advice on how to deal with various community issues. So uh, the word of God will do that. The truth will do that. And um, for us, step number one is um, get the heart of stone out and get the corruption out, uh, get to know Christ, get to know the love of Christ, because as we get to know the love of Christ, then our, our motives and our interests change. We become concerned about fellow man in, in a whole new different way. Mm. And that becomes the motives. And then from there, um, we build something. We become productive in society. And from there, you grow society. Certainly right. You know, the scripture is very clear about this, that we, our priority should be the kingdom of God first. Like it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things shall be added unto you. And I, I believe that these things are his righteousness and his kingdom uh, and, and the blessings that he will give us uh, when we seek those things. Um, and so it, it'll look different for everyone. Uh, but as long as we keep Christ first, the message of Christ first, then there will be blessings for that. Maybe they're not on this side of the earth, but certainly in heaven, 
that that's what the Bible guarantees. And now, now something that people should know and, and should note is that the Bible does say that the love of money is the root of all evil. Don't make money your priority. If your money is your priority, that is not the right thing to do. That is not right. where you should be at all. Scripture is very, very clear. The love of money is the root of all evil. So don't make that pr the priority. Make Christ your number one mission, the number one message in your life. And, and then everything else will come after that. And, and you know, I want to talk yeah. uh, more about this leadership stuff because I think that leadership is so important. Um, and, and many people lack leadership. You were talking about how so many people were, were not unemployed. They were unemployable. And it, it's because they don't have these, these basic uh, skills that people need in leadership. And, and so what can we do as far as teaching other people about leadership? I mean, there's a reason that I, I started talking about leadership principles on my podcast just a few weeks ago. Um, mm -hmm. But what can we do to help teach and train people to become better leaders, better Christ-like leaders as well? Well, uh, those are really good questions. And I think, I think the best leader that we have for us, uh, in one sense, is looking at the mirror uh, in the morning. It's that determination to become a leader. And becoming a leader doesn't mean that you have to become the president of the United States. Um, a janitor can be a leader. Uh, you know, it's not about what position we have in society that determines whether we are a leader or not. Um, but, you know, in, in, in the covenant in Deuteronomy chapter 28, it talks about as we engage the covenant that we are to be the head and not the tail. God desires every single person to be a leader. And, uh, and a good leader is one that is not uh, corrupt, that doesn't display uh, the fallen nature of, of Adam, but knows how to put their own flesh under and knows how to put other people ahead of themselves. And, um, you know, yes, the, the love of money absolutely is, to, is, is the root of all evil. But as we become heads, um, that means you, you start doing good for other people. You look at an example like Thomas Edison, um, you know, he spent so much time thinking about a better way to produce light than the wax candle that he comes up with a commercially viable light bulb, 10,000 experiments. Most people would give up after the fifth one. Few people might, might make it to 100 experiments, but he's so determined. And he finds a better way of doing things. And the, the better way is so much better that it takes 100 years for people to come up with something better than what Thomas Edison did with the incandescent light bulb. That's the kind of leadership that God wants us to have. Um, you know, 1776, we come up with the best constitution that the world has ever seen. It's the shortest, longest lasting. It's the least uh, editions of it, if you want to call it that, you know, fewest amendments. Uh, and it's the oldest by now. And it's been so good that people think, well, you can't make it any better. Well, uh, Winston Churchill said that democracy is the worst form of government, except for all the others. And so, you know, even democracy has got its set of problems. We got plenty of problems in Washington, D.C., and our various um, state capitals and government governor's mansions as well. There is a better way of doing things. And that's what a leader does. He, he doesn't say, 
there, somebody should come up with a better way. A leader looks in the mirror and says, there must be a better way. I'm going to find a better way. And so whether we are a janitor at the company, that means you come up with a better way of cleaning, more efficient, more clean, better with a smile. And you serve the people that see those places or, you know, you work on framing a, a better way of doing democracy. Their leadership is all kinds of different ways. But knowing that God has called us to be the head and not the tail, I think that's where it starts. So that we don't look to try to find, I wish somebody else would lead. I wish somebody else would be a parent. I wish somebody else would get us out of this mess. No, it's Christ in us. Greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. So when we learn to get to know Christ and start thinking Christ in us is calling us to transform society and do something better than what people around us are doing, let me become a leader. Let me look for a better way of doing things. And let me take myself by, the, by, the, by my own neck, so to speak, control my own flesh. Let me get up in the morning an hour before anybody else gets up uh, and learn how to become productive that way. Society will have no problem rewarding us uh, for being a leader like this. Thomas Edison didn't have a money problem after a while. Might have been hard to come up with that light bulb, but after a while, you know, he's such a pioneer in electricity that uh, Edison Electric uh, is, is able to reward him. But, you know, he didn't make it about the money. You make it about coming up with something that's a better way of doing society. And that, I think that's what leadership is looking for ways to do things better and being the one who says, you know, other people are not doing this, but I'm going to be the one to do it. I'm going to do something better. That's how you grow a better society. No, that's exactly right. One of the problems I think that many, many people have is they have this mindset of me, 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 my, my, mine, gimme, gimme, gimme. When instead our, our mindset is here, take this. You know, I, I, I think that what we should be doing is having extravagant generosity or in radical compassion upon those who don't have as much as we do. Um, that, that's how we're leaders. You know, that's how we're, we become better leaders is by being compassionate towards those who aren't and being generous towards those who aren't. A great example of this is Pastor Greg Locke in, in Global Vision Bible Church in Tennessee. That's one of their core values. It's extravagant generosity. And when they say that, they really mean it. They give totally open-handedly throughout their community, and they're radically compassionate uh, towards many people, and they endeavor to reach out to those who are hurting, marginalized, broken, and in need of restoration. That's what leaders do. Another example is my church in, in uh, Missouri, Abundant Life Church. Uh, we have a food pantry, and we feed thousands and thousands of people every month. Uh, that's what being a good leader looks like. It's finding a better way to do things and figuring out the solution to your problems. And, and I think that every leader... Uh, it will be good at doing that. One of the things that I've learned uh, in my time as a Christian is that to be a good leader, we need to start out as a follower. And, and you know, it comes like uh, it's a discipleship process. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul in, in the book of Timothy, I think it's, it talks about how Timothy should follow Paul as Paul follows Christ. I'm not sure but if, if it's in Timothy, but he says, follow me as I follow Christ. And we should find someone to be able to mentor us and disciple us in the way that we ought to be as Christians and as children of God uh, 
and then follow them as they follow God. And then as that happens, we will be able to say to other people, follow me as I follow God as well. Yes, absolutely. It's, um, you know, in the United States, we have a lot of people that are trying to point fingers and we point them at Democrats and Republicans and and governors and all, all sorts of different places. But if we go back historically and look at 1776, um, that came on the that came on the heels of the first Great Awakening, and that really is the answer. Um, you, you know, society is made up; it's it's a population. It's made up of individuals, and um, if we have a lot of people in that society that harbor a lot of corruption, corruption is just not. Is more than just placing money there the wrong place it's it's corrupt ways of being living and and so forth you can't deal with that politically uh, you have to turn people's hearts back to christ and if you get the masses of people turned back to christ uh, society is going to improve uh, history shows us that time and time again you see a you see a revival, you see a time period of spiritual renewal, all kinds of areas in society is going to grow on the heels of that because now people have the love of God in their heart versus corruption. And then they start looking for ways to better life for other people. And that's what leadership is. Like you say, you, you, you find ways to do better for other people. So it's not about upgrading the, the cloth sofa to a leather couch or upgrading the, the Chevy to a BMW or whatever the case might be. You know, uh, That's not what leadership is. That's selfishness. That, that's placing ourselves first. But if we will just find ways of doing enough for other people, those other people will now have no problem with rewarding us with a leather couch, but it's a byproduct of the focus being on something that's better for other people. Mm. You know, that's exactly right, Vidar. And, and I, I appreciate the things that you do uh, with Safari Mission and how to train leaders to uh, positively affect their community. Uh, now, before we end this episode, where can people find you, find, find uh, more information about Safari Mission and the things you do there? The best thing to do is just go to safarimission.org. Uh, lots of testimonies. So many different lives have been transla- uh, transformed. Uh, video testimonies. Uh, there is a link to this book out there, A Fork in the Road, Truth and Poverty or Prosperity. Um, lots of different things there. Safarimission.org. If somebody wants to get involved with what's happening over in East Africa, get involved. Um, you can do $5 a month or whatever um, and help us uh, train leaders over there. Uh, we can be your mouthpiece and we can go for you. We'd be happy to do that. So go to safarimission.org and check us out and get involved. Bidar, thank you so much for being on this episode. Guys, I hope you enjoyed. I hope this was a blessing to you. And I hope you're able to learn how to be a great leader uh, through this episode. Once again, thank you, Vidar, and God bless you all, and goodbye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed. You can also check us out at Stonewall's Perspective on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with the latest news. Stay anchored.